Our gospel lesson this morning is taken from John chapter 21, verses 1 through 19. Here now a reading of the good news. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana of Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach. But the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No, he said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in, because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. For they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Chapter 21 continues the story or stories of Jesus' appearances as the resurrected Christ to his disciples, his apostles, and his followers. We have heard through the past few weeks uh, several of the appearances to disciples and to Thomas and to Mary Magdalene and to the gathered disciples. This chapter 21 uh, obviously reveals yet another um, appearance uh, that Jesus to his disciples this one takes place, it's a little different. Um, some scholars consider chapter 21 an appendix to the gospel or to chapter 20 or uh, maybe seen as a summation of, as he begins this uh, chapter 21 with verse 1. This, <clears throat> after these things, 
uh, this is a, uh, people have looked at this as a way of saying this is a, the gospel writer's a way of sum, summing up uh, what has happened in the past. But it's yet another appearance. It's another account of Jesus, the resurrected Christ, appearing to his disciples, but not in Jerusalem this time. Now the scene has moved. Uh, the disciples have left Jerusalem after these incredible um, experiences with the risen Christ as he has uh, appeared to them behind locked doors, shut doors, and shown them his hands, his side, has spoken with them, um, and has made himself present and known to Mary Magdalene there outside the tomb, and she has actually grabbed hold of him. This is yet another episode, another appearance of the risen Lord, another glimpse in the glory of what Jesus is, is, has been telling and continues to proclaim that God is with us, that God is near through Jesus Christ, the resurrected Jesus Christ. Like I said, this takes place in a different place. We are in a different place. We are in Biolabatry down in South Alabama. The disciples have uh, left Jerusalem. They have returned to their homes. They have returned to what they know, to what was familiar, to what was normal. They returned to fish. Peter tells the other six disciples he's with that I'm going to go fishing. And they all say, we're going to go with you. And so they go out and they spend all night fishing and they catch nothing. It is fruitless. Their nets are empty. Their stores are empty. And then as day breaks, Jesus appears to them on the shore and says, Children, have you caught anything? And they say, No. And Jesus tells them to lower their nets on the other side, on the right side of the boat, and there they will find fish. And I just can only imagine what these seasoned uh, fishermen must have thought, what they might have said under their breath or to one another at this fellow on the shore, telling them where to drop their lines. We've been here all night. We know what we're doing. We've been doing this our entire lives, and now you're going to tell us where to drop our nets? But they do. They do, and it's an incredible scene as, as they find their nets full to the point they can't even haul them into the boat. And that's when Je the, the disciple whom Jesus loved recognizes Jesus and, and proclaims, this is the Lord. And Peter, as only Peter could, is the first one to jump in to make his way to shore, the, leaving the others, the other six disciples, to haul in the net behind the boat. When they arrive on shore, they find Jesus there with a fire cooking fish and bread for a breakfast. This is a, a very powerful scene, one of three scenes in chapter 21 as we make our way through this chapter. This scene outlines a couple of, or three, <laughs> I should say three different um, symbols for us to, to, to pick up and to walk away with. First is that they, these disciples have returned to what they, what they knew. They've returned to what was old, what was familiar, what was normal to them. But the world is not normal anymore. The world has changed and life is different because of what's happened in the past days and weeks. Jesus has died and Jesus was buried and Jesus has been resurrected. And he's appeared to them, displaying God's glory before them. Life will never be the same. Normal will never be normal again. They can't go back to the old normal. It is unfamiliar. It is fruitless. As they recognize Jesus and they follow Jesus' leading, they haul in this enormous catch. And, 
and, and the gospel writer tells us it's 153 large fish. This is a very, very precise number. He tells us that they're, they're, Jesus is about 100 yards away from the boat on shore. But the number of fish is precise. 153 large fish. People have wondered what this could mean, if anything at all. And, and maybe it's just a, maybe there was 153 fish. Maybe it's just a large number, or maybe it's a, a precise number. St. Jerome from the fifth, early 5th century uh, writes that this 153 represented the number of fish that was known to, to the fishermen of the day, to those who would study fish and life. There were 153 types of fish known to live in the sea. And the disciples catch 153 fish in a net that will not tear. So for St. Jerome and for, for scholars and for disciples and for the church, we can see that this, this 153 in an untorn net represents the world. That the gospel is a net to the world. will catch all types of people and the gospel will not tear. One of the other things that occurs in John uh, throughout the Gospel of John and occurs here and again in this episode is that the, gospel, the, the disciples go out at night. For the Gospel writer of John, bad things happen at night in the dark. Uh, things such as faithlessness and betrayal, things like doubt and fear. That's what happens at night. But in the light, in the day, things happen. Wonderful things, things of light and life. And that's what we find happening when Jesus is on that shore. When he uh, calls out to the disciples, he tells them to lower their nets. Dawn is beginning to break, light is breaking through, and the disciples find the resurrected Christ. This moves us to scene two as we find Peter uh, coming up out of the water to meet Jesus there on the shore and the disciples haul the, the catch in and the boat arrives in and, and there they find Jesus by this charcoal fire and he's cooking fish and bread and, and he welcomes them over and he, he gives them bread and he gives them the fish and, and maybe this scene, this second scene of 21 is telling us something about the Lord's Supper. Maybe it's telling us something about how and reminding the disciples, reminding us how the Lord fed multitudes with very little with bread and fish and how he told the disciples to go and bring what you have maybe it's even referring as he gives the bread to the disciples it, it recalls uh, just a few nights before weeks before that final supper the farewell supper with his disciples as he broke bread with them and washed their feet in that upper room maybe that's what's occurring here we're not sure but one thing this scene does do is it acts as a bridge to the next scene, the scene three. To understand this third scene, we must go back to an earlier time and to a different place. This scene recalls a courtyard. If we go back to chapter 18 of John, we find Peter and a second disciple following after Jesus, after he had been arrested and taken to the high priest's house. I invite us now to revisit that powerful scene, that impactful moment. Reading from John 18, Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter was standing outside at the gate. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate, and brought Peter in. 
The woman said to Peter, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the, the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter also was standing with him and warming himself. Picking up later in chapter 18, we read, Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it, and at that moment the cock crowed. That charcoal fire, those flames, that smoke and the smell must have been a harsh reminder for Peter. That night had to be the coldest and darkest night of his life. It was there and then that he denied his rabbi and his friend three times. And it was that time and in that place that Jesus wanted to take Peter. He wanted him to return. It was from that place and that moment that Peter needed to be freed. Certainly those questions were hard to remember and haunted him ever since. Are you a follower of Jesus? Aren't you one of his disciples? Didn't I see you with Jesus? His responses stung as much now as they did when he first uttered them. This episode not only haunted him, but it may have left Peter feeling nothing more than an unforgivable failure. And it was that pain that he needed to revisit and to know that he was forgiven. Three times Peter denied being a disciple of Jesus or even knowing Jesus. Jesus takes Peter there and offers him healing, offers him redemption, offers him wholeness, and to be restored to the community. He offered Peter everything that he needed. He needed, he needed to say yes where he had said no, and Jesus gave him three opportunities. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And three times, Peter says, yes. Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Three times, Jesus invites Peter, allows Peter to replace no with yes, to be restored, to be forgiven. And maybe that's one of the big lessons of scene three is that Jesus comes to us the risen Christ comes to us to give us what we need what we require what we require and sometimes that means going back to a very difficult and hard place a painful moment in our life maybe it's in that liminal time maybe it's in an unexpected place maybe it's on a, a road somewhere or, or locked away in a in a dark room behind our fears our concerns our anxieties our doubts but Christ comes to us, even in the, in the places we consider old and normal, places that are normal no more. And He offers us a, a chance, an invitation to be redeemed, to be for, forgiven, and to be restored. I know all of us have, I believe all of us have those places in our lives, those courtyards, those places where we have betrayed what we believe to be true, betrayed our Lord, our God, have denied what was right, 
what was faithful. We have those courtyards. I don't know what yours is or where it is or when it was, but I believe we have them. And I believe that there are charcoal fires, so to speak, that recall those moments for us. And in being those, having those moments recall, we can find ourselves being redeemed and restored, forgiven by the risen Christ. And that's a beautiful moment. A beautiful moment. And just as Peter said, yes, you know I love you. And yes, I believe in you. We too are invited to proclaim our faith through the Apostles' Creed. Together let us join in what we believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.